Hey entrepreneurs and website owners, if you're ready to take your online presence to the next level, you need a reliable web host. And that's where HostGator comes in. HostGator is your one-stop solution for easy, affordable, and powerful web hosting. Whether you're launching a blog, an online store, or anything in between, HostGator's got you covered. Don't miss out on creating the website you've always wanted. Visit Stigmas and Open Wounds slash HostGator today and let your online journey begin. Hey everyone, welcome to a new Stigmas and Open Wounds. I'm Tracy. And I'm Eric. All right, so we are joined today by a guest, which I am super excited about. So our guest today is Jess Hastley. So Jess, if you want to say hey. Hi. <laughs> and, uh, and she actually came to us with this subject, which I am actually super excited about. It's a pretty serious subject, so, you know, maybe I shouldn't be excited about, but I'm excited because... It's a, you know, it's a serious subject that we should really be talking about. And, uh, and it's, you know, she was in a, in a relationship, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a romantic relationship. It doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. It was a podcast relationship. It, yes. Yes. And <laughs> those are the most serious relationships out there, you know? Very serious. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it's kind of one of those things that, that I think we could all learn from and I think a lot of us are probably in some type of a relationship like this, or if we're not, we we may come across a relationship like this, or we may know somebody who's in a relationship, and we we could really learn from this, learn the signs, and and understand from this, and uh, and yeah, I I think basically what this was is. Jess, you you really went through some some narcissistic abuse in this relationship, and uh, and you had to learn the hard way, and you had to go through some healing, and uh, and it really sucks. It yeah. really does. Yeah. It it does. So, um, and a lot of this podcast is kind of learning the hard way and teaching everyone else, like, hey, <laughs> these are the things that you have you can do so that you don't have to learn the hard way, and. Uh, and we thank you for coming on mm -hmm. to help these people and uh, and say here's some science so that you don't have to do what I had to do. And um, so, do you kind of want to take it away and tell us, you know, how did this start? How did you maybe heal? And sure. well, first of all, can yeah. you yeah. define what a narcissist is? Yeah, yeah actually, yeah. why don't you do that? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I am not a behavioral health person. I'm not a professional in that way, but right. I have gone yeah, none down. None of us are. <laughs> I have gone down that rabbit hole of um, on the heels of this particular, um, you know, quote unquote friendship, <laughs> where, <laughs> excuse me, where, um, where I just started reading, watching videos, mm -hmm. looking more and more into, well, what are these behaviors? Right. And then finding out about narcissism and then finding out specifically about narcissistic personality disorder. Mm -hmm. So I'm not diagnosing anyone. Um, it right. This is something that can only be diagnosed by a psychotherapist. Right. Um, so just know that, but the right. DSM-5 does have a criteria for what narcissistic mm -hmm. personality disorder is, and there's 
nine different things. So you can put the, you know, all the resources that I shared yep. with you. You can put yep, those definitely. Yep. Um, so this one, uh, so the first one is that they have a grandiose sense of self-importance. Second is fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love. Third is a belief in being special and unique and can only be understood by or should be associated with other special or high status people. Uh, four is requires excessive admiration. Five is sense of entitlement, unreasonable expectations of other people. Six is interpersonally exploitative, takes advantage of others to achieve his or her goals. And seven is lacks empathy, unwilling to recognize or identify with feelings or needs of others. Eight, envious of others or believes that they're, that others are envious of him or her. And nine is arrogant, haughty behaviors and, or attitudes. So you need only five out of these nine in order to okay. be diagnosed, right? Again, by a mm -hmm. professional. Right. Um, the unfortunate thing about people, so so there is a spectrum, of course. I'm sure. Of course, yeah. As I'm reading these, yeah. we're all as, like, oh, wow. as there is with many of of these <laughs> yes. things that we that we talk about yes. on this show, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, because I I went through as I was looking into some of the stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm am I a narcissist? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I, but again, like we were talking, if you're questioning it, you're probably not. <laughs> exactly. So that's, or yes. at least you're only a little bit. So that's that's a good thing. You need to be aware of all these yes. things. So that's good. Yes. So a lot of a lot of the videos, a lot of the stuff that I've been reading says. If you are questioning whether or not you're a narcissist, you're probably not. Right. Um, and the big thing is, do you care about people? Do you genuinely right. care about people? Right. And I think that's probably a big thing that you can probably cross that out. So in my experience, um, I it was, I don't know how much I want to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so the person I had met um, seemed very, very supportive mm -hmm. of everything that I was doing in, you know, in my yoga stuff. And I do right. like in mindset work and th this kind of thing, talk about empowerment, all of that. And um, this person was very supportive, very complimentary. Mm -hmm. And um, so this is what we call love bombing. Right. Um, what I learned, or uh, it's also referred to as the idealization stage. And the thing that I think sometimes is hard for people to recognize is sometimes people are legitimately that nice. <laughs> right. So, so right. it's it can be really hard to like figure out is this person actually love bombing? Is this person idealizing me? Um at first. But that is part of the abuse. Mm -hmm. And what happens during that time is you get all of these dopamine hits and so right. like your dopamine is increased and you're having you're, yep. you're high on life right oh, yeah like you're high yeah. on these compliments everybody loves compliments then what starts to slowly happen and sometimes is imperceptible um imperceivable is the devaluation yeah. And this can look like where they maybe start to, in my experience, it was a lot of passive aggressive remarks. Right. A lot of um, if I would share an opinion about something or make a suggestion, then this person would say something like, 
well, whatever you want, Jessica, right? <laughs> Which <laughs> doesn't feel great, but it's still, right. you don't necessarily you can deal with it for a while. It as a yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because it's, it's just, it's like, okay, he's just, it's just there, you know, yeah. whatever. And, and he was he was so nice at the beginning, so right. Whatever. So then you then you think, okay, you know, this person could just be having a bad day, that kind of right. thing, right? Because um, it's it's not yeah. like downright mean; it's just exactly. passive aggressive. Yep, so. exactly, exactly. And so so yes, there's that devaluation where there's the passive aggressive remarks where they maybe start. I was called. Uh, melodramatic in regards <laughs> to when I would share feelings about things. This person referred to me as needy, um, which is very interesting because a lot of times what they will do is they will project onto you okay. what they actually are. Um, the people right. that have this disorder or even have like are on the far end of right. narcissism is they will project onto you what they are. Right. The um, narcissistic people, especially people that are on the far end of that, they are actually very needy. Right. They need the recognition. They need the admiration. Um, they need what is called narcissistic supply. Mm -hmm. And that is really anything that validates the image that they have right. um, put out to the world right. um, and that they want to be seen as. So you have that devaluation, diminishing of your feelings, um, like I said, passive aggressive, uh, maybe nitpicking different things. Yeah. Um, I I don't always finish my food. And so that, I was, don't a either. Thing, that was a thing that came up for us. It was it, – and even after I explained it because the way that I um, – I don't think of it as wasting food. I think of it as, you know, once I'm finished, once I'm satisfied with my meal, right. I've gotten my money's worth. And even after I explained that to this person, they still were picking on me about not right. finishing my food, right? So like very quirky, again, not things that you necessarily would pick out as Oh, this is part of the abuse. But when you start to see right the when pattern, you start to add it all yes, up, it yeah. is. So right. that's why it can sometimes take so long to mm -hmm. see it. And my situation, I can mostly speak to covert narcissism. What I mm -hmm. believe was covert narcissism, and what that is is they're secretly, um, basically just like basic way of putting it, secretly mean to the people that are closest to them. And wow. um, present themselves as these wonderful, loving, and kind people to right. the world, right? Yeah. So you'll see a lot of uh, social media posts. And, and again, a lot of us do this. Right. But you'll see a lot right. of social media posts where they're like, hey, look at me being this great parent or me being yep. this great partner or look at all the great things that I'm doing in the community, right? Right, right. And you're like, but you're not. <laughs> yeah, and that's the hard part, and that's right. the hard part, and we'll get to the, the healing part of that. Um, and then after devaluation is where discard comes in, mm -hmm. and it, discard is a little uh, tricky because it's where they start to, oh, part of devaluation can also be like silent treatment, um, and oh, there wow. could be... Uh, yeah, so there can be just like the communication and that's what happened right. in our situation where the communication just totally broke down where I had wow. no idea where our where our 
uh, podcast stood. I have no, I had no idea where I stood in the, oh, in the man. friendship, whether what, like, are we friends? Are we like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what this yeah. is. <laughs> I am yeah, not used not, to having a friend that doesn't communicate with me directly. <laughs> right. And that's, that's not fair. Like you need to know where you stand. And right. especially if, if this person is doing all of this stuff, up up to this point mm-hmm. you're just like I don't know you know you you start out nice and then you're starting to do all this stuff like right. you're very wishy-washy like where are we yeah and then all of a sudden you're kind of not communicating with me like where are yeah. we at this point yeah, so exactly yeah exactly so I would say as far as having your own self-awareness is really being aware of how you start to feel mm-hmm. around this person. Right. Because I think like mm-hmm. if I didn't have my own self-awareness and didn't start to trust my mm-hmm. own intuition, and people talk about this all the time across the yep. different platforms that I've read about this on is trust your intuition. Absolutely. As something that's, feels That's off, with anybody. Yeah. Just, you know, you really need to pay attention to how you feel around anybody. Exactly. You know, it's like, do you want to hang out with this group of people? Do you want to, do you just want to go out with these people? Are you happy? You know, and, and, and it's just like, how do they make you feel? Whether whether they are narcissistic, whether they're positive people, just in general, mm-hmm. you know, do they make you happy? Yeah. So yeah, it's it's just it's just you have to trust your your feelings around any group of people or any person in general. Yes. So can can you talk about a little bit? So how when you started realizing that there was something off about this mm-hmm. relationship, like what were you feeling? Did it just feel? Did you feel like? I guess, like, I think you mentioned the word discard it as being a stage of this. Did you feel like discard it? Were you just like, there, there's nothing bad going on here, but it just doesn't feel right? What were your yeah. feelings when this first started surfacing as there's something not right here? Yeah. So what I initially started feeling was unsupported. Um, oh, and yeah, that's I, huge. Yeah. And what was interesting about that is I'm pretty open about my mental health journey on my social. Um, I'm a little bit more closed off now after this whole Mm -hmm. situation. (laughs) Um, But I try to be pretty open with with trusted people and even with untrusted people because Mm -hmm. when I put stuff out there, I usually... Um, learn that other people have experienced similar things Mm -hmm. or are going through similar things. Or in this case, it was around August that I started feeling that uncertainty. I started feeling really unsupported. And I was also going through other things too, but I was posting some stuff on social and all these people that I didn't even know were paying attention, right, to my social Mm -hmm. stuff were coming out of the woodwork and just like yeah. giving all the support, all of this kindness, and he wasn't. And so I noticed so that. Makes, that that I does noticed something. That. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, huh, I wonder. And I, and I, first I just chalked it up to, right, like, uh, you know, this person has kids. So they, you know, yeah, getting people ready busy. for school and like, yeah, could be busy, maybe there's something all this going kind of on thing. with him. You know, you, you, a lot of us want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Exactly. And nothing like, wrong with that. Down to the, the core, people are good. So you don't want to like just say, yeah. there's something going on with them. He's bad, whatever. Exactly. She's bad. 
And but but then in the same sense, you're just like, but something just fell off. Yeah, it's like um, you yeah. need to trust your gut when it all comes down to it. Yes, and uh, and I think you have a good gut, and I think that's that's yeah. where it, it it comes down. And and in in the end, it seems like you trusted your gut mm-hmm. and you just went with it. Yeah, there's actually another podcast that I had started listening to um, called "Something Was Wrong" that <laughs> speaks about these kinds yeah. of relationships whether abusive or narcissistic or some combination um and uh and so many times throughout the different seasons the people that are being interviewed say that phrase something was wrong mm-hmm. so it's right. hard to explain i think sometimes to people who haven't gone through emotional psychological or narcissistic abuse mm-hmm. exactly what that looks like there's even this video where this guy's um, kind of coming at it from an outsider's perspective. And he's like, yeah, when you try to tell people about it, they're like, oh, so this person said words that you didn't like. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and I think so that's the small. thing. Yeah. I think that's the thing. When you try to explain something like this or, or certain other things to other people, they're like, I, I just don't get it. Yeah. You know? And, and then it's like, but then it happens to them and like, all oh, right, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and because, yeah, it does sound like they're just saying words like, oh, so he was upset because you threw away your food. But when you add it up to all the other things that he did, yeah, then, yeah, it yeah. makes sense. And that's why it can take so long sometimes for people to see it, especially right. when it's covert. Because exactly. when it's covert, everyone in their circle who Mm -hmm. sees them as great people are seeing how great they are right and then when you don't when you start to see like the what what the real person is right when their mask starts to slip is when you're like but that doesn't add up to what he's right like this is somebody that advocates for mental health and so on and yet is diminishing mine. Right. (laughs) How does that work? Yeah. And so a lot of times what will happen is that cognitive dissonance where you're trying to match up this person's either their initial love bombing with Mm -hmm. where you're at now when either the devaluation or discard. And the discard is where they start to like, um, they start to ghost Really. So it can be partly silent treatment, but that can also be part of devaluation. It can be partly that lack of communication, but it's basically where they're like, they'll either just leave. And again, this could be any kind of relationship, whether it's work, friend, or romantic. They'll just suddenly leave. They'll stop talking to you. Uh, Again, you're left with, well, what what just happened? Right. <laughs> like, right. I thought that we were fine. I thought we were going to try to work through yep. this. And that's, and, and I am a communicator and I, and I did say, Hey, I think we need to communicate something. Yep. <laughs> something is not right. Um, and then around September, like then things started getting back ish to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still like I was still feeling very, very uncertain. This person that mm-hmm. I had once trusted or thought that I could trust, right. I no longer trusted this person. 
And I'm trying to think of how to put this because there's a, a part um, that helps. There's a couple of things that help solidify that. Um, and I'm trying to think how to put it without <laughs> <laughs> without damaging things. But I'll just say, I'll say it this way. Um, I had had a conversation with somebody that he knows, mm-hmm. and that actually helped open my eyes to a lot of his behaviors, even right. with other people that are close to him. Okay. So that helped. And then finally, just there was a message. I had postponed something. And in a message that he sent, it was all, I, me, I, me, I, me. Oh. This was going to be the highlight of my, right, the thing that I postponed. Yep. This was going to be the highlight of my week. Um, I, you know, we're not going to connect until you get this thing done. And yeah. it was just like, oh, I really started to see. Yeah. And it's like, where, do you not care about me right, at all? Exactly. And it's like, it's not all about you either, but also it's like, can you just have one sentence where you ask about me because yeah. we're, aren't we like a friendship or yeah. something, a team here? Yeah. So and there was just, nothing. It was yeah. just like, a, like I, I realized, oh, okay. So you only want to connect with me once I've done something for you. Right. And that's that exploitative behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he just wants something from whoever he is with, mm-hmm. whether it's a friend, a you know, team, a spouse, uh, whatever, you know, right. I, I, I don't know how his other, you know, relationships go, but that's yeah. just what it seems like it might be. And I, I also do want to bring up too, that I know when we were originally talking, I was, I was saying that, yeah, we need to talk about, you know, this will be a really great thing so that other girls are, are aware of the signs. And then I was like, oh yeah, however, <laughs> This isn't just a thing that that guys are narcissists. Mm-hmm. It's just something that women always think about. But you, you know, because women are narcissists, it's mm-hmm. just one of those things yeah. where a good percentage are guys, yes. which is just kind of funny because when you hear narcissists, you think of guys. Mm-hmm. It's just being the the only guy here, I have to ask <laughs> you're, a question. You're like, yes, dude. Is there evidence to say that more guys are narcissists, or I is think, our perception just that guys are yeah. narcissists? You see a, a percentage that yeah. said it, it was more. Yeah, I have to find that resource for you, but yes, I believe of. So the hard thing, of course, about narcissism is most people don't. Most people with narcissism don't go and to therapy because they don't think that there's and anything they wrong with them. Exactly. So however, we don't have a concrete probably. Yeah. However, of the people of whatever um, research was done around this, it was um, 75% okay, of people that identify as narcissistic are um, men. Yep. So it is you know, leans Sorry, more toward Eric. men than women, <laughs> but there there are women out there, and, right? And that doesn't yeah. surprise me. I mean, I've met I've met some women and, who it's like, yeah, I could I could see. And see honestly, you. if I had, to, I'm gonna defend my gender again here. So <laughs> first of all, I think that that part of this would be that this is probably one of the most undiagnosed things that are out there. Oh, yeah. easily, I don't know if you yeah. found research to easily. suggest like, that. But- like Jess said, I mean, you, you can't picture somebody just walking in and being like, yeah, I might be narcissistic because they don't well, think that not there's anything wrong that, with them. But, but I think like we're going to, we'll use your situation. Mm-hmm. 
you're in a place where where you could see that. Yeah. You know, you could see that there was something here more than just, you know, somebody being weird towards you. Right. That there was a reason why that right. weirdness was there. Whereas I think most people probably in your situation would have gone through this evolution and just cut ties with that person. Right. Never realizing why they were the way they were. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Right. Never yeah. getting them diagnosed. Yeah, they would just that. be like, you know but what, just being they're not like, a- that's not a good person for me to be around. Yep, they would right. just say, and, you know what, not a good friend. I just, you know, they're just not supportive and, and I don't have good feelings with them, whatever. And I think definitely, like, uh, I'm going to guess that also statistically these things cross gender lines. Mm-hmm. It's typically a guy and a girl vice versa Mm -hmm. and i just feel like a girl is going to be more prone to realize that there's something wrong Mm -hmm. in that situation than a guy Mm -hmm. would be Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's more likely that a guy would be diagnosed as a narcissist than a a woman because Mm -hmm. you know a guy is going to get put into that situation and this might be a really bad stereotype but the guy's going to be put in this situation and just not even address you know yeah. Most guys aren't going to be in the mindset where they Girls can are going to go talk to their girlfriends is, and be like, oh my gosh, yeah. this is what the guy did. And then they're like, oh my God, he's such a narcissist. Whereas guys would just be like, yeah, she's a crazy bitch. Yeah, I mean, I mean that sounds to, terrible, but yeah, kind do, of in, along that nature. Right. So, not yeah. to do like a short generalization. Yeah. However, I could see something just real short like that going on. Yeah. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that most, I mean, most people don't have any idea what this term narcissist is. Or, right. And maybe you didn't prior to this event, but you're also in a in a place yeah. where you can see, like, that there are scientific w- reasons for why people do the weird things yes. they do and the right. abu- yes. abusive things to do, they do, whereas mm-hmm. other people just think, oh, that person's just a prick and moves on with their life or whatever. Right. You know, so. It's so a- I did have an idea about narcissism before this because I watched my mom go through a relationship. Yeah, I recall you saying um, that. And that one was romantic. Um, they got married and um, he also probably covert. Um, but again, hesitate <laughs> to diagnose. But oh, right. he was definitely somebody that would present himself as um, a pretty decent enough guy mm-hmm. although he was a little bit more erratic with his behaviors right. so you know there some people are not as careful mm-hmm. um and actually i would say that it's the people that are more careful the people that present as more calm that are probably more dangerous okay. just because of the fact that they can manipulate people right by more easily because yeah, they it's lo- like they appear calm right it's like they can kind of pull you in and and it's like you don't know mm-hmm. and it's it's yeah yeah so I mean, you can be on you can either be the person that is being uh victimized that's being mm-hmm. abused you could be the person that is being manipulated into being what they call their flying monkeys, um, which of course comes from Wizard of Oz, yep. <laughs> where you're, you're talking about people that advocate for the person, that um, enable right. the person, that say, 
that do say, yeah, this person is great. This person's amazing. Right. And so then you as the abused person, again, that cognitive dissonance where Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, well, everybody else is saying how great they are. And there's horror stories. I've 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 read too many stories. (laughs) There's horror stories of where like these people will sometimes turn their own partners, families, and friends against them. Oh, my God. That's how subtle and how scary it can be. That is. It, it is just insane. I'm very lucky, the friends that I have, because, one, right. I know what friendship is. And right. And so when something doesn't you. look like friendship, then I can be like no that this isn't lining right. up with what i've experienced from yep. my close friends but yeah in my my mom's situation he was like i said a little bit more volatile where he mm-hmm. would actually do the stalking behaviors and oh my god um it went to her work on a couple of occasions and that kind of thing oh, where wow. he's been arrested a number of times so like oh so that is yeah yeah that's so, a little it, bit more yeah 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 um whereas in my case so after discard so you think like you might think oh great i dodged a bullet this person is out of my life because either they they left or yep. in my case i left the situation however there is something called hoovering mm-hmm. where um like a vacuum cleaner they like suck you back in <laughs> yep and it can happen at any time. Like you, right. it can be an hour after they discard you, or it can be years, yeah. right? So, like at oh, and that's that's so <sighs> easy to come back to. I mean, they were your friend, they were your lover, yeah. they were whoever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. why not? And well, they were a good person once. Why not again? And then, and- yeah, because you just you can forget that. Oh, yeah, all this. St- awful stuff that I yeah. went through. And we, again, tend to, even though we have negative bias, I don't know if it's necessarily true for people. We tend to want to believe the best in people. Right, right, right. And like, oh, well, maybe this person really did change. Absolutely. My, my mom went through that a couple of times yeah. where she would leave and then he'd be like, oh, well, I'm going to go to counseling. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Oh, and it was the same thing over and yeah. over again. And that second time she tried to leave, same thing. Yeah, sucked her back in with all these false promises. Um, so sad. Uh, another term that I learned is future faking, um, where they'll say, "Oh yeah, we can uh, do this in the future," or "I'd like to." Let's oh, see. In my in my personal situation, it was, "Oh, somebody will sponsor this show." Oh, I'm sure. No. I'm sure I will find somebody to sponsor the show. <laughs> no, you find this, and then we'll do yeah. this. <laughs> and then, and so then I'm like, oh, okay. That. So then it made me want, and and the, and right. for me, like toward the end, especially that was the hardest part to let go. Right. Was, oh, I'm not going to be. You know, not that I can't do another interview style podcast on my own. <laughs> right. But it but was it, like it's like oh well that could you be had really it. Great. there was yeah you had it, there yeah. was that connection mm-hmm. but um but yeah so I had to let that all go but yeah so the hoovering is where they'll like yeah. do something make some kind of uh 
not even last stitch because it it's it never right, ends. It, it never could, really ends until yeah. you decide to one end more it. ditch, second ditch. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's hard and and yeah, like you said, we want to believe the best in in people. We want to believe, oh, you can fix yourself, and and yeah, and and again, you remember you remember the person that they were when you met them, right. and and yeah, it's it's so hard. I. Yeah, I can completely see why that would why that would suck. And, and, uh, but again, these people, unless, unless they go to like extensive therapy, I don't know that they can, like, yeah, so, I guess, fix themselves or right. It's hard, man. It is really hard. So going back to, you know, how this happens, right? Mm-hmm. How do how do people develop this particular disorder and a lot of it stems from shame um and not wanting to that's why the this mask is up um and a lot of it stems from childhood right Um, most people that are on that far end of narcissism had something happen in their childhood makes sense where they decided um you know unconscious subconsciously where right. they they like broke from reality. Yep. It was either I break from reality or I'm going to die. Um and that's that's how severe this is as a child of either abuse mm-hmm. or um a child who has been like pressured to be the best like they're they're yep. propped up on this pedestal of you are so great right yeah i think i've seen stuff yeah. like that where it's like you know father son and i'm like oh yeah you guys are a team <laughs> you know and i'm like that's fun yeah. <laughs> but, but uh but yeah you know and oh and just to think if you've been that way since a child that's that's it some is, uh that's where it's, it's a long so, time so freaking frightening to me is right. like you have this person who has broken from reality in childhood and their mm-hmm. whole lives is about manipulating people. Right. It's manipulation, it's abuse, it's mm-hmm. you know, without necessarily knowing it, right? Like Right. And kids, I was gonna say they might not even kids, know that they're doing it. Um, but they do know, um, from what I understand, they do realize that they're doing harm because they oh. have Conden- contingency plans. They they are right. constantly um, looking for new, right? Like what I said, supply, mm-hmm. um, which are usually are people or some something that validates who they want to present themselves to be. Um, they're constantly looking for supply. So you can wow. be in a relationship with a person and they're still talking to their exes who left the doors open. They're still talking to new people who, you know, might be potential mates, wow. right? Because they're they're idealizing all of these situations and and because they they need they like literally like like vampires. They, yeah. They feed, really- <laughs> they feed off of your energy. And the love bombing stage, at first, they feed off of your positive energy. But the real, real unfortunate and sad part of it is they get more energy from your harm, feeding off of your negativity. So then 
there's this other term called reactive abuse. So again, I said in the love bombing stage, you're getting all this dopamine, all mm-hmm. the devaluation and discard, it's cortisol. And that's where, you know, like my uncertainty came in and I was like questioning everything and I was trying to like figure stuff out for myself because he wasn't being direct and that my cortisol levels were up and I'm like, ooh, like I was feeling super, super stressed. Right. And so, so then um, feeding off of that negative energy, what they will often do is they will set up scenarios to create what is called reactive abuse. And okay. that is where you as the quote unquote victim, and I still don't like to look at myself as a victim because I'm like, right, take your responsibility for myself, but you know, for lack of a better way to put it. Right. You're um, surviving. You're not, yeah. a, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. So, so you as the victim or as the person that's been abused, you're, this person sets up a scenario or will say something Sometimes in public, sometimes not, whatever that looks like. Usually in public because they need to eventually make you look like the crazy person because right. and a hey, lot of times these they, relationships don't last if they and do they know in, that. If they do it in public, it's kind of like, look, look what I'm doing to her. It's awesome. You know, but the hard part about that is a lot of people won't know because oh, yeah. it'll be very specific to you. Right. So they'll say something or they'll do something that they know will get a rise out of you. Mm-hmm. And this is where having like a strong sense of self and a strong um, emotional intelligence is so important. Oh, that's good. Um, because what they will do is they will poke the bear. They'll poke at mm-hmm. something about you, usually in public, and then you'll react right? That's the idea. You react in some way that seems off to other people around you, right? but it's a perfectly reasonable response to what they're doing or saying right? um, in the context of your own, um, of your, of Mm -hmm. your own relationship, right? So like, for example, well, I gotta think of something. So let's say, for example, that, um, well, let's just take the food thing, for example, right? So this is like the 10th time that this person is like, you shouldn't waste food. You shouldn't waste food, right? Like, oh, how how could you, how could you throw that away? Like making you out to look like you're this bad person because you don't want to finish your, the rest of your meal, right? And then finally you get fed up with it Mm -hmm. and you're just like, you start yelling or you start doing whatever. Now, luckily for me, I did not have this situation. Yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely did have situations where we were in public and I was not feeling good mm-hmm. and where I would at times almost be crying, which if you can help it, if you know that the person may have narcissistic tendencies. Yeah, don't Don't break. cry. <laughs> don't break. <laughs> don't, this is, again... So we'll we'll get into the healing part or the preventative part. Learn how to regulate your own emotions. Okay. Learn how to self-validate. Um, because again, in that love bombing stage, right, everybody likes compliments. But make sure that you know how to do that for yourself. Right. Because I think um, in my case, coming off of this experience, it was very enlightening to see like, oh, wow, maybe I also have those narcissistic tendencies where I'm like, 
I like validation. I like these compliments. I like to feel supported. And um, so recognizing that about yourself Mm -hmm. so that when or if this happens, you can just be aware, right? You don't have to peg someone just because they're complimenting you. You don't have to (laughs) peg them right away as narcissistic. Oh, yeah. It's hard, Just so that you're aware of, okay, this feels really good and I can do this for myself. Yep. Um, so toward the end of our relationship, we had a conversation where I said, where I was starting to self-validate, I started, when I was feeling uncertain and all this stuff, I'm like, okay, I need to get back into a good exercise routine. Yeah. I need to get back into a good meditation routine. I need to like do all this kind of stuff for myself because something doesn't feel right here. So I need to get clear minded about me yeah do everything else that feels good that you know that like control what you can control yes and then and then like everything that you can't control will maybe fall into place maybe not right but whatever you can do and control just control that and exactly exactly so i think when i started doing that was when i started developing even more awareness about what was happening good making better decisions And, um, then I had a, we had a conversation and I said, and I said, do I need you in my life? No. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. And at the time I was like, would I like you in my life? Yeah. Because at the time, again, I was still not completely sure what was happening. Um, now eventually when I did learn, I was like, do I want you in my life? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No, I do not. Right. And I think that's that's where sometimes it happens. You know, we've we've moved on from people over the years too and it's like, you know what, that was fun for the time and and you know, they weren't necessarily bad for us, but it was just that, you know, hey, they they were just for that period of our life right. and yeah. and that's that's fine and we're just we're just past that. Yeah. And uh and sometimes you just have to move past people whether they they were, you know, good or bad, whatever. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, this was a bad relationship and you legitimately had to move on from it. Right. And, um, and yeah, I think that was good. And, and really, again, I give you props for doing the research because we always say is just doing the research for all of this stuff, whatever it is, is huge because I know since doing the research for all of my stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever, I mean, I've got so many ailments and whatnot. Ever since doing the research, I am just so much more content with with who I am because I know what's going on with me. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and now you know you know, what happened to you, you know, kind of how to move on, how this, the mm-hmm. little steps to take. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I can see a light in your eyes cause you're, you're, <laughs> you're happy now, you know, yes. and, and, or at least you're, you're starting to, to be happy. Yes. And, and yeah. I think that's, that's really good because I know that you were not happy for a while. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's really good because now you can understand that he was not good to you mm-hmm. and and so you can understand that it's not me it was him and and if it, and even if it wasn't narcissistic abuse which it sounds like it was it just wasn't right mm-hmm. exactly so, yeah so yeah yeah and i will say to speak to you know uh 
these kinds of situations are always difficult because there are people that, you know, believe in two sides to a story. But when it right. comes to abuse, um, there's it, it's co- it can be complex because, again, I did Absolutely. learn a lot about myself and yep. how I can better protect against some of these kinds oh, right. of personality traits. Yeah. And even, again, looking back on my own past mm-hmm. and looking at where I had been in the past very, very selfish myself. Mm-hmm. Um, however, in the case of being abused and seeing that this is a pattern and knowing having an in intuitive knowing I'll say it that way yeah. that this is probably something that's gone on since childhood right um then in that case there's really only there is still two stories one story is the delusion mm-hmm. that the narcissist sets up and wants you to live in Right. And then the other story is your reality and truth. Mm-hmm. And so when I've learned from other people who have experienced similar things, I tell them, stand in your reality Absolutely. and your truth. Yep. Yeah. Because and- they will twist it. Right. They will twist it. Yeah. And you can't let people, you know, tell you that, hey, this is, you're feeling wrong. And you have to, you have to feel what you're feeling mm-hmm. and- you know, yeah. do what you feel is is right. Go on your own healing path and and right. do all that and yeah, whatever. When when um he had uh said melodramatic right, and he oh. was like, oh, I'm, and I called him out on that, and he's like, well, I wasn't referring to you. I was referring to your behaviors and your posts on Facebook, and I was but that's like, still you. I'm yeah. like. First of all, you don't get to tell me what I can and can't post on Facebook. <laughs> like, right, are you kidding? Right. <laughs> like, what is happening? Um, you're, you're, we are not close enough for that kind of control. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, sometimes I'll ask my husband, right? I'll ask my husband, like, right. do you think this is okay to post? <laughs> you know, he, he gives me good, wise advice. Yeah. But yeah. Like you that's are, good. That's why you you're are not in the camp to be able to tell me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, after this, you, you did, because you mentioned Facebook, you did make some posts and, uh, and it was advised by, by some people that you shouldn't make posts. Yes. Or- so you'll see the resources. The two people that I that I have really really enjoyed watching talk mm-hmm. about this and that are 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 experts in this field um, that I highly recommend are Richard Grannon, and he actually has a video. I went so deep in the weeds. He has mm-hmm. a video that's called "Stop Watching Narcissism Videos," <laughs> <laughs> and I like it because he's got a video that's amazing. And you, you get whoops, sorry. You get to that point um, in your narcissism rabbit hole. You're like, oh yeah, maybe I should. <laughs> maybe I should set this aside for a little bit because it does. It, it can make you feel a little. Um, crazy <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry oh, for absolutely. lack of a better way to put it but yeah so um because then you're because in my in my case before I finally was like okay I need to do something different for healing besides watching all these videos in my case I'm just like 
going all over the place with stories. Right. Like, oh my gosh, what if this happens? What if this happens? Oh my gosh, what if this happens? Oh, I hope I never see him. Or, oh, I, you know, you want to tell him off and like all this kind right. of thing. But you know, like that's just more supplies and it's like a yep. whole thing. Um, so Richard Grannon is really good and he's very nuanced in his approach to talking about narcissism. Um, he gives really, really good details. He talks about the DSM-5, um, which is the uh, uh, personality disorder diagnosis okay. um, thing Reference that's out guide. there. Yes, yeah, yes, I yes, guess yes, is yeah, what yeah. we would call Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, and he's, again, very nuanced about it because he approaches it from, yes, this is what this is, and make sure that you heal yourself. Like one of his videos right. talks about Go learn a new skill oh, I like to that. get, yeah, to get out of your head about. And what they, what my therapist had recommended, uh, well, so anyway, for, so Richard Grannon and then the other person, and I'll, I'll get back to that, um, what my therapist said, and then Dr. Romney. And she is also very, very knowledgeable. She's a, um, a I think, a psychotherapist, definitely uh, uh educated and knowledgeable okay. in the field of narcissism. So those two are both on on YouTube and I highly recommend um if you are if you have any other questions pressing questions about cuz there's different types of narcissism and I think I think in my experience it's been more the covert style mm-hmm. both with regards to my mom's ex-husband now so they, they, she did Yay! eventually divorce him <laughs> she did eventually divorce him um and then in my situation with this friend um so the healing journey yes should we go there yes we should we need before to go there. i want to ask yes, just one, a couple yes. questions so you we talked about this step through process that it goes through and it, when you read that process it sounds like it's heavy 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 manipulation but I'm curious, do they explain like, so as you walk through that process, I felt like what was happening is, is that the person is coming in kind of building up, building a strong relationship with you Mm -hmm. just so they can kind of stomp it down and kind of deflate you. And I almost feel like that's to gain more power over you. Is that the explanation that they give for why people do this? Yes. Yeah. So it's all about power and control. Um, mm-hmm. In order for them to stay in power and control, they believe or feel or just are, however, because there is something that legitimately happens in the brain when you break from reality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a diminished, I, I can't remember which part of the brain is it, but there's something in the brain that's diminished as they get older and continue these behaviors. But yeah, it's all about power and control. So right as a person who does legitimately want to self-improve, and you'll find that a lot of times they will target people that are healthy that maybe don't have very good boundaries, and that was me. I right. don't. I did not grow up with with strong social boundaries. Uh, we always had our doors locked, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but as far as, and I say that because my dad's a, a self-defense instructor and he like talks about all this stuff and, um, 
but we did not, you know, unfortunately have very strong social boundaries. Like right. everything that's, is out there. That's yeah. something that I'm yeah. I'm working on as as yeah. an adult. I'm like finally exactly. I'm yeah. finally like, okay, you know what? If I if I'm just not comfortable with you, then I'm You I'm don't not. have you don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to Right. right. You know what? Um, I'm just not gonna go out tonight with, with this person because I just yeah. don't wanna. But in so. these types of relationships, what's hap- what happens is you will find yourself thinking that there's something wrong with you. Right. And that is what I did. I was like, well, maybe there's some way that I can be a better collaborator. Maybe there's some way that I can be a better friend. Or And, and I already have insecurities, right? So right. like I already have my own insecurities about am I a, am I a good friend? Um, do I do enough? Right. You know, all of these kinds of things. So they – find those um those vulnerable points in you right. and manipulate them so then i was at first thinking um, you know even though i thought something was off about the relationship itself i was putting it on myself mm-hmm. to fix it right and you cannot alone fix a relationship again whether it's romantic friendship right. or work right Two people or multiple people, depending if you need a mediator or mm-hmm. mediator or whatever, um, have to be involved in helping that right. um, situation. So yeah, it's all about power and control, and it's really about the projection part of it is about alleviating any feelings of shame or not even touching shame. Right. So again, going back to something shameful happening in their childhood, where they're like. I don't want to feel that, so I'm going to do everything in my power to get away from feeling shame. And nobody wants to feel shame, right? But like when you can get to a place, and it's hard, Mm -hmm. it's very hard, but when you can get to a place where you can face yourself and look at all the good, the bad, and the ugly, that is where I, at least in my experience, I have grown right to be able to say okay i'm not all good and i'm not all bad and these are the things that i have to work on and this is what i can accept about myself right now good and again those are key things just to learning who you are yep so that you don't rely on other people's validation yep um and possibly end up in a really in a codependent relationship because there's a lot of codependents that end up in these relationships right a lot of empaths that end up in these relationships (laughs) i'm an empath so (laughs) but getting i'm getting a lot better at at uh at boundaries and now you're gonna get better at boundaries so you got one boundary up so (laughs) so then you also talked about so there's the covert narcissist, which, if I understood you right, means that they really have no idea they're doing this, correct? Um, no, no, they no. may know. Um, they're just covert. But- it's covert because most other people don't know. Okay, yeah, so, it's okay. like harder okay. for yeah. us to see I'm that gonna, they're yeah. doing it. So I'm going to assume that most narcissists are covert. Like the other kind of... I, I have no idea. Okay, but- <laughs> okay. I figured that there must be some sort of stats because I would assume that that's the most common thing. I should look that and, up. <laughs> and an interesting thing that you mentioned about how these people are, I mean, they're constantly going back for more supply, mm-hmm. as you said. I find that interesting because I would almost argue that 
they probably are constantly going back for supply, but I would almost think most of them think that's normal. That's just we re- the way relationships work oh, because that's the way every one of their relationships work. Yeah, probably. You know, which is, and I think that's an important thing to mention because when if you know somebody like this, realize they're not a ma- prop. They're more than likely probably not a master manipulator. They have no idea that they're doing the things they're doing, even though they are causing harm to other people. It seems like. A lot of this is, they don't even realize it. Would you agree with it? It's hard to say. There's a mixed bag about whether or not um, narcissists believe that they know what they're doing. Right. Um, Because there are some people that say they are definitely master manipulators. Um, And I can see that they probably are. But what I would argue is... Do they know they're doing it? Because they've because they've learned it since young on. Yeah, yeah it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard a really, to say. It's, it's a really really weird thing yeah. to think about because it could just be completely, you know, un unaware to them. That's just who they are. That's just what they do. They don't even realize that they're hurting people in yeah. this process. Yeah, you know, right. And I find that. And and I just think that's really important to bring up because if you if you're listening to this podcast and you're like that person they're that you know right it's like it's like don't go and like like realize right. they might not even realize it you know yeah that is true i mean i've walked for you know how many years of my life and it's just something i've take for granted because i've done right. it so and, yeah. and yeah. it's important that if if you're in a relationship with somebody like that that you pull yourself out of that relationship if it's you know causing inflicting pain upon you but you also have to realize that it's not that that other person is a monster and is intentionally doing this to you. It just could be that they don't. Even, that's who they are, and they don't realize it. You know? Yeah, that it's, could. It's yeah, possible. it could be. I'm. Yeah. I. I have mixed feelings yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, but it, it's so but hard. I, I try to separate out my emotions from the facts. And yeah, right. it is, it's, there's, there's different people that say they know exactly what they're doing. And then there's other people that say, no, right. They, I think it's a case and in point like, yeah. thing. It, it all depends case and case, case by case. I think it really, really depends. Yeah. You know, and I think it all depends on who they're with, you know, if they're with their kid, they're probably, they might not be manipulating them, but if they're with their, the person that they're. That they're trying to take advantage of, yeah, maybe. So if they're you know, on, I don't know the if they have the disorder, every everyone is potentially supplied to yeah, them, yeah. including their kids. That is, and yeah, including their kids, unfortunately. So there is stuff out there about um, narcissistic parents, and wow. um, they will usually pick like somebody will be the scapegoat, which will be the person that is um, treated the worst or the person that like has all their all their parents stuff is projected onto them and then there there'll be this the golden child and that's the person that is usually propped up as like this is my this is my favorite kid um and usually it has to do with the child's age so what i had read about children is when they're in that age where they want to please their kids or where where they want to please their parents like about that you know, five, five to 12 range, maybe, um, then 
the narcissistic parent loves that kid, right? Love, I use that yeah. loosely in this situation. <laughs> um, however, when they're babies and are needy as babies are, right. um, that narcissistic parent uh, will sometimes be nowhere to be found. <laughs> um, and when they get older, when the kids start to realize Maybe the kid starts to realize, yeah, this doesn't feel good, or, or they're they're uh, getting more rebellious, get, becoming their own self. Maybe they're getting accolades from school. That narcissistic parent is unfortunately going to be highly jealous of that child. Um, so it's very sad um, when it comes to a parent that is on that far end of narcissism, because unfortunately. They don't have, doesn't matter how, doesn't matter if it's blood, doesn't matter if it's not, they do not have the capacity to have empathy or to truly care about anyone other than themselves. And it all stems from not, really from not wanting to face themselves, which again Hmm. is why it's so important to me. Like I have been like trying to look at myself and be like, okay. These are all the things that um, that I don't like that, you know, right. I have to accept right now and that I, you know, want to work to change. And we're never going to be perfect, right? Like we're no, not we striving never... for perfection. No. But again, just to learn how to, just to learn just to who we be are. Be a better person, understand who we are. And, and face not, our yeah. shame instead yep. of... And to Instead like of ourselves. being afraid of it, yep. yeah, we want to like we want to like ourselves. Yeah. We want to be better people. Want to be happy. Want to make sure that that we're not hurting our friends. And yeah, because because an empathetic eye on the narcissistic person is it, it is really sad. Mm-hmm. You start to feel this sort of not necessarily empathy, but you start to see feel this sort of pity where you're like this person hates themselves so much. And again, not to give excuse to what they do and not right. to put yourself back in that situation thinking that you're going to be able to fix them because mm-hmm. a lot of us are, you know, want to think that we can fix people. <laughs> That's <Yep>. ego. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fix yourself. <laughs> but to, again, look at the narcissist empathetically, they don't know how to love themselves. Right. And that is the hard part of it. So if we can learn to love ourselves, we, again, we're not going to fix other people. Right. Right. Like think of, think of anyone who like, maybe there's been people, right. That have been supportive and that have helped you helped motivate Mm -hmm. and inspire. But if there's some way, some behavior something about yourself that, um, that is deep seated, it's usually on your on you to change. Right. Nobody is going to be able to to absolutely make you, make you change. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so where do we go from here? So, are we ready to talk about healing? Healing, yeah. Yeah, if you want to go into the healing, go for it. Yeah. Those were my questions. So, and I'm yeah. sure more will come Thank up. You. So, yeah. <laughs> great questions. You guys rock. Um, <laughs> And I mean that sincerely. I'm not love bombing. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So on the heels of, so it was October when I finally was like, yeah, we're done. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I said, I put, I, so I will say, I am, I won't say I'm melodramatic, but I am dramatic. So yeah. when I end something, <laughs> I usually will like do a whole long speech about it. And this was all via messenger because this is somebody that I didn't, I did not, and I do not care to see in person right. again, um, if I can help it. <laughs> um, you know, this community's small, but you know. Yeah. Um, however, I did send kind of this long-ish message where I was just like, um, well, first of all, I was trying to at first get a book back from him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. I had, like, that was the whole thing. As soon as I get that, that book back, let, this is done. This is, <laughs> right. But then eventually I was like, okay, my last message, I was like, you know what? Keep the book. Um, you know, this is... I hope it wasn't a good book. That's all I'm thinking. Well, my husband actually got it for me again for Christmas. There so we go. Oh, God. Very, God. Yeah, yeah. It was very nice. But yeah, so I was like, you know something to the effect of right like you know it's it's really unfortunate but i even said in my message i said i can't even feel hurt by mm -hmm. someone who i know is also hurting is Don't one worry. of the things that i said in my message and just basically like good luck <laughs> I was like, this is my, the first thing that I put is this is my final message. Mm -hmm. And I did that mostly for myself right. to stay accountable to staying away. Yeah. Um, so I um, sent that final message and I did actually see him one other time after that because I'm very, very protective of mm -hmm. people. <laughs> so yeah, I, I did. Well, I won't get into that, but uh, you can ask me if you know me personally, and I trust you with the information. <laughs> but yeah, I did see him one other time where I was where I said where I actually did say, um, I said, and again, this is one of those things that they tell you not to do because it just feeds them. But mm -hmm. I said, stop fucking with people's minds. <laughs> <laughs> Again, feel the fire. Super protective. You know, there's fight, flight, fawn, and freeze. And I went into fight mode for a bit. <laughs> you know what? I I think at sometimes we all do. I've done that before where, you know, I've done posting on Facebook back in the day where I, I'm like, I look back at my memories mm. and I'm just like, wow, you used to post a lot. And now I hardly post. Mm -hmm. We all do things where we used to, where we say more than we want to, or more than or more we than should. you really need to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and so, so everything out there tells you after you come out of these relationships, if you can, to go no contact, <laughs> which just means that you completely block them from everything. Mm -hmm. You don't go see them. You don't reply to messages because, again, for a lot of people, there can be that hoovering. Right. Um, I did not experience that um, directly. Right. Um, so, again, it can be very – it can either be very subtle, it can be overt, or you may not get the hoover, so to, right. you know. Um at all, especially if you are going no contact and they're the, you know, right. you know, maybe they know like, yeah, I'm not gonna, um, or it may be years down the road. 
So again, even if it's years down the road, trust your gut, trust your intuition, um, and remember what they did. Yeah. Um, Because it can be really tempting to be like, oh, yeah, well, maybe they're different. Um, And that's where they they probably aren't. And you need to like have strong friends too where you can say, hey, you know what? I've had a bad experience with this person. So Mm -hmm. if this person comes around, make sure that I stay strong and accountable too. So. Yeah, because a lot of times, actually, if it's a romantic relationship, they'll oh, they'll have met your family, they'll have met your friends, yeah, and they will they may hoover through that way. So, actually, for example, when my mom, because my mom did do a couple of times where she did a um, a restraining order against her okay. husband, and um, I remember this one time when he actually came to church. <laughs> Uh, when we were going and um, now my mom wasn't there, but I think he thought that she would be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, of course, people at church like allowed him to be there since my mom. Right. Wasn't I mean, there, and it's at like, church. So <laughs> he, he um, well, it was a it was like one of the one of our Wednesday night Bible study things. OK. Right? And so he came and I knew like in my gut. I knew that this was a manipulation tactic. Mm-hmm. But of course, everybody at church is like, okay, yeah, you can, you know, sit in and whatever. And he was acting like he was so remorseful. He was like, he had oh the, I mean, they can cry, mm-hmm. but it's uh-huh. usually because Not they're really. losing control. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it doesn't have anything to do with being remorseful. It's because they're losing control. Yep. Or, and they're trying to manipulate the situation. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, he would, he was crying and I was, and like, I had in my mind, um, crocodile tears. I was like, this guy is not for real, but you know, a lot of people in the church, they're like, yeah, I think this guy's genuine. And I'm just like, oh right. God. And that's the hardest thing because so everybody hard. thinks it's real. Yeah. And then, and you know, or your, you know, friends know whoever. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be an example of mm-hmm. a type of hoovering where they right. try to get a, infiltrate your friends and family and church groups or whatever. <laughs> 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 but anyway, so the healing. Um, so I, I have been seeing a therapist for a few years now and mostly just for my own mental maintenance. Yeah. And so it's interesting idea. to people, and maybe you've had this experience, mm-hmm. Tracy, um, or Eric di- indirectly, where you'll tell somebody, like, I know a few times where I've told people, yeah, I'm in therapy, or I see a therapist, and they'll be like, oh, why? And I'm like, oh, doesn't everybody? Like, yeah. <laughs> why, I mean, why don't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I know, I know before we got married, I went back to a therapist, and it, God, she helped me a ton because yeah. I was so stressed out, and she would give me like worksheets to work through and everything, and it just, just calmed me way down. And now I just go to a psychiatrist every six months, mm-hmm. so she, she kind of takes care of my meds and my, and talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's great because yeah, it just. Yeah works on your mental and everything and, mm-hmm. and it was I mean I still remember things just from my my therapist where she was just like you know I, I would always worry and she's just like but you're right if you tell anybody it's like um you can only tell certain people I swear <laughs> it is it is hilarious so it's like what's wrong with you yep 
Oh, absolutely. I want to be well. <laughs> <laughs> and that is absolutely true. I just want to be well. It's, it's you know, yeah. it's like seeing a doctor yes, regularly. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I had been seeing or have been seeing a therapist regularly for years. It's awesome. And um, for a while, just like once a month. And mm-hmm. then as things were getting kind of shifty with the, with the um, situation with the dude, I was like, I might need this like every other week. And, um, and then after I went no contact, I was like, the hardest part was knowing that somebody is out there pretending to be this person that they're absolutely not. Right. And there was nothing like, again, being very protective and I kind of was like upset because I didn't have any control. I was feeling helpless. Right. Like there's nothing that I can do. Some people will believe me, but some people won't. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that is often said about these kinds of situations is, yeah, don't bother calling people out publicly. Um, So I I have. (laughs) 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 Whoops. Um, I haven't used the person's name, but if you're connected to me, you probably know who who it is. Um, But again, it for me is about being protective and bringing awareness. Mm -hmm. Now, lately, I've been talking about it more at a high level. Like, Mm -hmm. listen, this exists. There are people in our world, in our community that do right. not care. Um, right. And it's hard. It's so hard for people to wrap their heads around that, right? Especially as a person that is caring, that is empathetic and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so as I have told my story, I learned other people's stories. I learned mm-hmm. about other people in the community. And I'm like... Oh, that sucks. And so like, yeah. again, this feeling of helplessness and and so like it was a lot of what I was experiencing was probably akin if not exactly um PTSD if not complex PTSD and there's like a subtle difference. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but okay. um it's basically like I wasn't able to sleep. Oh wow. Um I, I, I'll take that back. I could sleep, but I would like, it would take me a long time to get to sleep. So it's okay. a lot of late nights, maybe like three, four hours of sleep. Um, I, a lot of intrusive thoughts, a lot of anger and sadness. I was mm-hmm. literally crying every day for like two months. Oh um, and again, because it was a and hypervigilance is another okay. thing that was happening where I was just like, because because of all the stories that I read, right? Like I went way right. too deep into narcissistic yeah. stories, just other people's stories, right? Right, and right. <laughs> which is it's like it's good to to research, but sometimes yeah, you, you can, can research go too, far. too far. You can go too far right. where with you anything. Like, you can go too far. So yeah, yeah. Where you like start to frighten yourself, and I'm over here thinking like. 
where where else does he have the eyes and ears? Like, <laughs> yeah, are, yeah. Are these people safe? Are these people safe? Like, who, it's who can I really trust? It's, it's like scary. when you go on WebMD and you're like, I have cancer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I cannot tell you the number of times I was dying over the over over the years. <laughs> really, it was just a cold, just a common cold. Yeah, just bronchitis or something. But I'm, yeah, oh, but look it up. Oh, yep, I'm definitely dying. <laughs> yeah, it is it's so true, but uh but yeah, it it makes it makes complete sense, but I think I think what you're doing now is is really the greatest thing. All of my conversations with my therapist were about this thing and she eventually mm-hmm. was like, "So, I think you might look into DBT skills, mm-hmm. which um is oh, I should have wrote it down. Um, but it's basically adding more tools to your toolbox. Mm-hmm. So, of course, as a yoga and meditation coach, I have a lot of tools at my ready right. already. Um, but these are a lot more um, like uh, emotional, more emotional regulation tools, um, more learning different skills and that kind of thing. So, right. Um, she suggested that, which actually, when I looked into it, I was like, oh, that might have been helpful before, um, <laughs> before I made what I call my mistakes, yeah. um, which are the, but, you know, I, hey, at least you were going <laughs> yes. to see her and yes. you, you figured it out before. Yes. Yeah. My God, somebody wouldn't even know to way late or might not have even known at all. Yeah. So yeah, there's people that have been in these relationships for decades without, yeah, and like, you know, just living this way. And, and then she had suggested maybe going, talking to my doctor, my, my primary care Mm -hmm. about going on medication, Mm -hmm. um, which that actually did help a lot. So, um, so I called my doctor that same day, or maybe it was the next day. And I was like, Hey, this is what I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. I think I might need to go on something, so on and so forth. And so I was prescribed, and um, and it was like two days later, maybe even just a day and a half. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm starting to actually feel." Because one of my amazing? fears was like, "Am I gonna still feel like myself? Am I gonna be in right?" A fog? And that's like, always scary yeah. to know, and because I've never been on these on antidepressant or or, Mm -hmm. um, anxiety medications before so um but I've you know my my husband's on them and so like I know that he you know that it's it's been helpful for for him him. um but I still had my own reservations. I'm like, absolutely. You know, and as somebody that likes to lean into holistic ways of doing things, Right. right? But it's still all Sometimes it does, like the, me- the medication that I am on, it boosts serotonin. Absolutely. And well, and I think is, I think right now yeah. you just you're a little bit low, and you just need a little yeah. help, and you might exactly. not need it for very long, just for right now. Yeah. And and hopefully you can go off it. And yeah. And know. and if and if I do find, because I I would like to, you know, obviously I'll stay on. And then maybe slowly wean myself off, yeah. see how I feel, and then I'll make a decision from there. But for right now, like it has been 
huge. Right. I have not been crying every day. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> I've actually been able to focus on the things that I need to do in life. That is so good. I'm not going over stories in my head. Oh, I'm not going back and looking at different things to like good. try to validate my experience. That is you know? so and, good. And that's the thing too. Like, right. Keep validating your own experience. Yep. Because again, people that haven't been through, especially emotional abuse, people that haven't been through it don't necessarily understand what that looks like. Right. The biggest thing is if you haven't been through it, you don't know. So so yeah. you can't judge. Yeah. So that that's the biggest thing. Yeah. So um when somebody is trying to explain to you what they've been through um, do your best at least to hear them out and listen. Absolutely. Without making, without even necessarily making commentary or mm -hmm. like, and if you're somebody that, you know, maybe you're, you're in a situation where you're friends with both people, right? The person is telling you this person is, yeah. is yeah. doing the, these things to me. Like, sure, go ahead and try to get stories from either one. But, I, but even in that case, trust your gut, trust your, yep. your intuition. Um, trying to think what else am I healing? Uh, again, exercise obviously has yeah. been huge getting out and walking. Uh, before I went on the medication, I was going out and, um, watching the sunrise each oh, yeah, morning, I saw you doing cool. which is really grounding. Yeah. So mm -hmm. doing those grounding things that can help, um, remind you that you are safe in your body yeah um, part of the earth and yeah because yeah. that's the thing like I was feeling very unsafe yeah um do take care if you're in a stronger probably romantic relationship with someone like this you don't necessarily now. I I actually did call him out on Messenger. Like I said, mm -hmm. hey, do you know about narcissism? <laughs> like I think <laughs> I think this might be you. <laughs> um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. It's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> the person is not going to admit that they're a narcissist. Yeah. Be careful um, what you write down because then they have it in written for Right, <laughs> yeah. Um, so. And then be careful when you're talking to someone privately who you think might be like this oh, right. because there is something. And I, I never experienced this directly, um, but there is... Oh, I take that back because I did kind of experience this from my mom's um, husband before they were married. Um, but there is something called narcissistic rage where oh. the person will actually like if you start calling them out or even if you're actually emotionally regulated and mm -hmm. they're trying to poke at you and you stay calm, they'll sometimes raise their voice or... Oh, do other worse things like they might yell, they might throw things, they might throw like because these they're again, they shut something down in childhood. So they're like True. big children. OK, yeah, they're like big children. So they might go into like a temper tantrum, that kind of thing. Um, and you can find videos where people I've, I always feel like that might be a little exploitative to but I have watched some of those videos you can find videos out yeah. there where somebody yeah, is I know experiencing you um, narcissistic rage yeah I will um, I'm gonna 
post the links that you sent me. I'll post those in yeah, our show notes. Yeah, that's so, um, um, Richard Granin and Dr. Um, Romney. Yeah. And then there's the um, the thing that in the DSM-5 yeah, where it talks that way, about what the disorder is. That way you is. guys can go down some rabbit holes too. Yeah, if you, if you <laughs> just, really just want to. As you learn from this podcast, though, don't overdo it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, I'm curious too. Yes. Did you go through a period with this? Because I just assumed this would be a normal thing to happen, where you were blaming yourself for this happening. Mm. Did you? Um, not so much that. What I did experience was right after I sent that last message. Um, soon after that, I was going back and forth on whether or not, because even before I ended the the relationship. I was going back and forth on like, should I, should I be done with this friendship? Should I be mm-hmm. done with the project that we're working on? Should I like, I don't know what to do. And then I finally just, again, you use my gut, my intuition. Yep. And I was just like, no, I gotta be done. I think that's the um, biggest thing. You just gotta use your gut. That's what I always say. I'm just like, no, nope, however, like, especially being a, a an empath. Yeah. Gut is the biggest thing I yeah. think. However, after I was like, maybe I, maybe I overreacted. Right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I could have pushed through. Right. Yeah. That's my big thing. Yeah. I'm always pushing through. <laughs> um, maybe I could have. You know. Maybe, maybe there is some way that I could have worked with this. Right. Um. However, what I have read is that a lot of times when you go back to the situation, and I watched this happen with my mom, mm-hmm. a lot of times when you go back to the situation, that person is so angry that you oh, even yeah. left in the first place yeah, that then. the abuse becomes worse. Mm-hmm. So you think, oh yeah, maybe this is going to get better. This relationship is going to get better. Um, and it tends to get worse. So really, yeah, maybe I could have seen things through. Some of the stuff that I think about is, well, maybe I could have um, <laughs> somehow caught something right right um and and there is you know because we we did a recorded show there's recorded footage of his passive aggressiveness like there's that kind of thing but it's like do i it's a pick your battles kind of thing right so and you don't want to put yourself in a position where like i'm not going to court for anybody right so like um you don't want to put yourself in a position where you are saying something about somebody and they could turn it around mm-hmm. um, and attack you in some way. Right. Um, so you really want to, in my case, I have learned to be a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more careful about how I say things. And I'm probably still not careful enough, <laughs> but you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> But um, yeah, my mom, my, I did experience, I think, what was probably narcissistic rage for my mom's um, ex, who we went over to her apartment, me and my sister, and we were like, mom, like, this doesn't seem like a good relationship. Mm -hmm. This guy seems like he's not great. And again, not having any clue what narcissism was or anything like that. He just doesn't, didn't seem like a good guy. Absolutely. And well, he had been standing at the door and he comes in and he's like, I heard everything that you guys said. Oh, no. And then he started attacking us. And 
unfortunately, like my mom is just sitting there and I'm just like, I was, it's one of, it was one of those experiences where I was like, oh shoot. Like I felt like I had lost my mom for a moment. Yeah. Um, because yeah, unfortunately, and I think this probably happens more in romantic relationships mm-hmm. because there's a lot more emotions. There's a yep, lot absolutely. more stuff going on there where you are so attached to who you believe this person is or right. was. Right. Um, and then there is this addiction that you get. Yep. Um, there's an addiction to the the dopamine cortisol pattern, mm-hmm. which totally dysregulates your your nervous system. So that's why, like, once you do decide, and hopefully, hopefully everyone decides <laughs> who who recognizes that they're in a bad relationship gets out of it. Um, but once you do decide, yeah, I need to get out of this. That's where it's so important to regulate your nervous system because it has been probably highly dysregulated if not like totally shot yeah um and that's where you get that's where you start experiencing a lot of the ptsd and all of that yeah wow just reminds me when i leave a party that i didn't really want to be at or like (laughs) and i'm like okay that's over with and i don't have to deal with that anymore hopefully (laughs) Mm-hmm. Don't have to deal with that relationship that I thought was good, but maybe it wasn't. Don't have to deal right. with that party that I thought was good, but yes. wasn't. Yes. So, yeah. so I think one of the biggest questions to ask you is then is so obviously this was a very negative experience, but with negative experiences come lessons and mm-hmm. things like yes. that. Yes. So yes. So now, wanna... if you could go back, what you learned from this, does it turn it into a? I, I would. Not saying it as a positive experience is not right. the right way to put it, but would you undo it if you could? Or do you think that it made you grow mm. in a way now that oh. you can see this yeah. in your life that that hopefully you would never face this again? Was it worth experiencing that? Yeah, so that is also a really, really hard part of this because yeah. I have grown a lot from this experience. And I have learned a lot about obviously this topic, but Mm -hmm. also about myself. Right. Um, My husband and I have had really good conversations on the heels of this Mm -hmm. about my own past behavior and talking about, you know, codependency and that kind of thing. So in a weird way, I almost, I think the only thing that I would probably change is being more aware and paying more attention at the beginning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I could easily see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then being, and then catching when, because again, like those compliments, they can seem kind of over the top. And there Mm -hmm. were some of those compliments that seemed over the top where I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. um, where I even thought this person doesn't really know me well enough to know this, right. but that feels good to hear, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then there were boundary blurring moments where he actually picked at my husband at one time, um, to me. Right. So sometimes what will happen is 
this is kind of a weird thing to say, maybe, but if they're looking, if they're idealizing you, mm-hmm. they may be looking for another or a different partner, right? Oh, okay. So there was one set of messages between us where he um, sent this book. He sent a picture of this book. He was traveling. He sent a picture of this book called Yoga for Wimps. <laughs> And I thought it was oh, funny, right? Yeah. But like, I was like, and I jokingly was like, oh, steal that. <laughs> but then he said, for Mike? And I actually showed Mike wow. this, and, and Mike was like, he's a dick. But, right, like, there's right, this moment and that's where, where he's, he's trying to, him, he's like, trying to, like, sever our, absolutely. Yeah. And, like, with me and Mike, you can't. Like you can't do that. Like, <laughs> right. We're together. We're in it for the long haul. Like, exactly. I'm not gonna be. Um, so I actually had responded. Had responded. Uh, Mike's the strongest person that I know, which I truly Great. believe. Like we have been through a lot. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, didn't I nip that in the bud? <laughs> Good. Like, no. Absolutely. No, you're not gonna tear down my husband. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I like I like your answer though. How you said, you know what? This is in some ways a good thing that happened because you learned. Because yeah, I I say and sorry and no. more sensitive. You become more sensitive to the energy around you, where yes. you notice more quickly. Yes, this is a good person to connect with or group yep. to connect with. Nope, this is not where I want to go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I um because I say too with the things that I have, you know, whether it's the bipolar or whatever, in many ways, I wish I would have gotten it and not have it anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, mm-hmm. I'm able to be more sensitive or to people I'm under, I can understand people, whatever. Yeah. And if I didn't have it, I don't know if I would, would be the same person, if I would be able to be as empathetic to people, understand people, whatever. And the same with yes. Eric. He yeah. he understands people more because he deals with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he might not have, have come to those conclusions if he didn't marry me or, or be with me, whatever. So just with me having all the conditions that I have, you know, right. it's it's just, it's yeah. kind of the same thing. Like, yeah, it's a real bummer that you had to go through it, but because you went yeah. through it, you really learn and you can see the people around you better now. And yeah. I can see the people around me, Eric can see the people. So it's, it's, it's all the things we've been through that, that really mm-hmm. shape us. And, yeah. and it was just a really, it's a really You're showing that thing. you have a very healthy response to a very negative thing. Exactly, in your life, which is a great right. Thing, it, it's you know? all how re- we respond to the situations, and mm. I think you responded. Yeah, you had you had, you had a sad period. However, I think a lot of people are going to have have a period where they're they're going to break down because how yeah. can you not? Yeah. You know. And but then you you picked yourself up and then you learned about it. You went to therapy, mm-hmm. which you were already doing, which is great. And then you said, okay, what can we do about this? And that's great. Yeah. And I think that's that's what we should do. We we should pick ourselves up and say, what can we do about this? You know, Absolutely. whether it's whether it's the next day or two weeks or two months from it, 
you know, you, you did, like Eric said, you had a very healthy response and, and you figured it out. And, mm-hmm. and now you can, <laughs> you can look at people around you and say, well, yeah, maybe I'm a little bit nervous if somebody's nice to me, but then I can, <laughs> mm-hmm. then I can kind of check them out and say, okay, they are legitimately being <laughs> right. nice to me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it is, it is very interesting what we learn from each situation and you, yeah. you did genuinely learn and that's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. And I have absolutely no regrets about the project that we worked on in terms Which of good. the the guests that we got to meet. Yeah, because um, it was yeah. a good project. There yeah. were there were a lot of great guests and everything. Yeah. So that's that is also good that that yeah. that you say that. But uh but yeah, I think yeah, so I, and and I think it's always important to have the nuance in any situation, life lesson, mm-hmm. experience is just to be able to say, yes, this was awful. And I learned some really great things. Right. Um, and again, it can take, you know, depending on your personality, depending on your own chemical makeup and all of that, it can take a long time to get there. I'm very fortunate right. that I already have pretty good self-awareness. Now I know that I have blind spots and I hope that people... I think everybody I, does. I welcome, <laughs> I welcome now even more so. I welcome people to point those out to me because right. I'm like, I might not get to working on that quite yet, but at least point but it at out, least so, point that it out can, so that I, <laughs> so that I yeah. can be aware. Um, because yeah, I think it's really made me think about well, where am I putting on my mask? Where is right. where are my facades so that I can break those down? Because when you're in this kind of relationship, what you really want to do after the fact is work on yourself. Absolutely, not to ad, uh, ad nauseum. Um, right, you, like I I was doing it every day, like reflecting every day, and you. You don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you just want to be a regular human being to oh, just so live make your sure, life. Make sure that you're having fun and enjoying exactly. as much as you can. Like do do your normal stuff. Um, what I uh, learned from my husband's wife or not no way that's me me. I'm my husband's wife from my dad's wife and from my therapist so my therapist talked about mental containers and taking things that you um you know taking some of those ruminating thoughts and imagine setting them aside in a container and my dad's wife uh, actually uses real like physical boxes and she'll take note cards and write things down so i picked up a couple boxes i decorated them it was kind of a meditative experience good idea i got some um postcards and so i use those postcards when i am feeling and i haven't been as much but um when i was feeling like super super like stories were going on in my head or ruminating thoughts or I don't know how to deal with this or I can't take being helpless, you know, just jotting that down, journaling basically. Yep. Can write lists of things that you're that you're having a hard time with. Um, writing those down, putting them in a box, setting that box aside, and then maybe once a week or once a month taking that box out and okay, now I'm gonna do my reflecting work. What I like that. No, what I can do I do that? <laughs> what can I let go of here? What am I still working on? Yeah. yeah. I think that's great. I might start doing that now. It's a nice practice. It's good for anything, right? Like you don't have to have gone through a narcissistic relationship in order to do that. Right, right. (laughs) 
think and I think right. that's really funny because a lot of the things that people do to get over like situations like this, when you really break down what they're doing, it's like, shouldn't everybody, everybody be doing that be doing simple, yeah. simple thing, you know, like, <laughs> right. you know, so. Yes. Yeah. Do you have any more questions? No. no Do you have I'm anything good. more that you would like to talk about? I think this is great. And I thank you both for providing Absolutely. the space for it. And I will be, I I was journaling this morning. I said, I'm excited to talk about it. And yeah, I'll I'm excited. be excited to be done talking about, about it. it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Before the end of the year. So, so yes. yeah. I mean, this is going to come out beginning of the year, but uh but yeah, and actually we're very excited because we're going to have Jess back again to talk about meditation because she's amazing at meditation oh, and thanks. mindfulness. And uh, we meditate to Jess at least once a day. We try yeah. to at least. That's so awesome. <laughs> so, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of which, tell everybody what is the name of your podcast yes, that so. they can check out if they want a meditation podcast. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so it's the Meditation Well it is anywhere, pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts and um, just two to 10 minute long guided meditations. Mm-hmm. I just decided to, okay, how, how do I like listening to meditations? Yeah. I'm usually during, you know, sometime in the middle of the day. So something short, sweet. Um, yeah. Most of them have a little bit of music behind. That's just me playing music. Um, so yeah, written, performed by me. Yeah, they're they're great. I like them because they're they're usually like picturing something, and so I like it. And if you're sitting there thinking, listening right now, why would I want to have a meditation podcast? Well, come back in a couple episodes, and Jess will be with us again to tell us exactly why you want to have a meditation yeah. podcast. So, so, uh, but <laughs> awesome. uh, but yeah. Otherwise, we will be back in two weeks with another episode, and. Uh, you can check out our, our website at stigmasandopenwounds at gmail.com. <laughs> you can check out our website at stigmasandopenwounds.com. Otherwise, you can email us at stigmasandopenwounds at gmail.com. And that's all for now, guys. See ya. Laters.